0: and mp3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with every one of you, and I trust we shall know the ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight, opening our eyes and making all these glorious truths so real to us, because they are ultimate reality. And On that note, thank you all of you who have emailed me in the last, what shall I say, two or three weeks. Um, Apparently the messages that we've been delivering concerning the faith of God has, I would say from some of the things you've said, literally transformed your lives and that is of such encouragement to me. Well, I want to look tonight at, um, we're calling it the source of love, and I want to look at John, I'm sorry, well we will go to John, but Romans in chapter 5, Romans, the epistle of Paul to the Romans, chapter 5, and we'll cut to the verse uh, uh, number 5, it's in the middle of a sentence, but it says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We spoke last week and will continue to speak concerning this great command of Jesus that defines the church that we love one another as He has loved us. In fact, by this, said Jesus, this love that you have one for another, all men will know that you are my disciples. Well, before we can go any further into the great adventure of discovering how we love one another as he has loved us, we have got to ask the question, where does this love come from? Because, you see, we're talking about, as I said last week, agape. That means the unique love that God is. This this love that uh, finds its definition in the love of God the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit. This This holy dance of the persons of the Trinity as they yield the one to the other. This interdependence. God is love expressed in the three personal relationship, that's agape and that's the word Jesus used there that we should agape that is, and it it sets the stage for the radical message of the gospel that we are called into this dance of the Holy Trinity we are called in not only to be sharers in that love, participants in that love, knowing that love in us and toward us, but to then be the givers of that love. I mean, that's radical words. And and in case you missed it, because it's just the word of he goes on to say... As I have loved you, just in case you missed it, you see, Jesus is saying that in exactly the same way as he has loved, now we are being brought into that. So we now love one another in the same way that Jesus gave us the love of the Father. That was last week. And, um, ha huh. I'm asking, where where does that love come from? You see, if I don't ask that question, I know where we're going to end up. Love becomes this ghastly, cold, lifeless morality, this this list of wretched virtues, um, all produced by my religious flesh, you know and so I'm, I'm trying to do what Jesus would do I'm trying to say what he would say and I'm gritting my teeth and, and, and it's, it's, it's a burden that I've, I've got to fulfill and, and I'm trying to be nice it's sort of Christianity is the ultimate eagle scout um, I've become the, the boy scout of heaven and I'm going to carry the little old lady across the road because I'm a Christian no, no, no Dump it, flush it. That has nothing to do with this word. Love. God is love. Then this love essentially is person. And so the Father, the pouring forth of love, Jesus is the face of that love. He that has seen me has seen the Father, he said. And so He is the perfect Word of the Father. He is in our human flesh the image, the perfect, exact representation of of the Father. And the Holy Spirit now is the one God, the Holy Spirit, takes this love, this divine love, and I'll say it, and I'll say it again in a while, the divine nature, God is love, he takes and pours that into our hearts. The Holy Spirit becomes the one giving to us this, this love that is unearthly, this love that has never been found on this planet until found in Jesus Agape, as I have loved you, now poured into us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person who is Agape. So the Holy Spirit, well, he's the immediate presence of the Holy Trinity. Do you remember in the great benediction which sums up the work of the Holy Spirit in one way? Not all together, but one way it says, you know, the love of God, grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's in the fellowship of the Spirit. It's in this presence of the Holy Spirit united with us that we come to know the Father. We come to know Jesus. We are, in fact, united with the persons of the Holy Trinity now let's be very honest to multitudes of people that's scary that is scary that's why people are afraid of the Holy Spirit they try to avoid him because the Holy Spirit is never in any way we would look at the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is not knowing about something but rather He is the union. He is the knowing. The Holy Spirit takes away all the library of stuff that's about God and brings us into a dynamic union now in the middle of this world with the Father and the Son and Himself, the Holy Spirit. Let me put this to you, and it might take you the rest of the week to think about it. But in my experience, I think if I were to announce, I mean, this is a a fantasy story, but if I could announce that on Sunday morning, Jesus himself would be at the church service, I wonder how many would stay away in favor of going to a Bible study about Jesus. Did you hear me? I wonder how many persons would avoid being where the immediate personal presence of Jesus was in favor of going to a Bible study where they would study and discuss and debate and question about him think about that for a couple of weeks you see the pharisees that was their biggest problem jesus said to the pharisees that you 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 search the scriptures because uh, you think you think that in all your studies in the scriptures that you will find eternal life but he said you will not come to me and I am the subject of the scriptures. He said you're studying all about me but when I show up you won't come to me. Interesting. Uh, and to the Sadducees, another sect within Judaism and he said that, that you don't know the scriptures nor do you know the power of God because the, the, the presence of God he, he is, it's not about him. It's not... Look, let me say, I've said this many times when I've lectured in Bible schools to students of the Bible that they're in the most dangerous position because that they are studying about God when... All is said and done. All that you would study about Him, you must know. It's not knowing about, it's knowing. It's interacting. It's uh, dancing within the union of He and me together in Christ Jesus. So, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will never teach you anything about God. He's not into that. The Holy Spirit will only unite you to God. And all that you know of God is because you know Him. You know by experience. And anything you know about God that you do not experience, you don't know it. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of Jesus. Alive, but now with us in and through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the connecting point in time with the heavenly reality. And I mean that very literally. I I have to tell you this, I suppose um, you know it already, but I, I have no understanding of a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. I, at a very, very early age in my... Just turning into my teenage, I had an experience of Jesus, and that was tied together with an experience of the Holy Spirit that literally uh, changed, transformed what another might well might even be healed me in my innermost being, and everything that I had. received in terms of the gospel and Jesus suddenly now with the Holy Spirit became alive and for many reasons I dropped out of a a formal education and so I I don't have any education and from the very get-go I have known the Holy Spirit to be my teacher and so What I'm saying to you tonight is my very life, my very being as a Christian, as one who's doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, It's interesting, I suppose, to some that in Bible school um, I, I failed in preaching some people find that very uh, quite a joke but um, I did, I failed they gave me a big fat F and I remember the professor taking my notes as if they were dirty and dropping them into the garbage can and he said Smith you'll never make a preacher you'll never be a pastor Uh, uh, make it for a deacon maybe and um, I was left sort of abandoned to the Holy Spirit teach me, teach me that's been my prayer these many, many decades. Holy Spirit, He's the one who connects us. He's the one who takes us past all of the dull, boring, oh, what, theology without life, talking about God and not knowing Him, the books covered in spiders' webs. Uh, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Holy Spirit is life. He, he is the one who, right in this microsecond that we call now, the Holy Spirit connects me with the Father and with the Son, with the whole heavenly realm. You see, we, we often think uh, in terms of, of what did Jesus do, and we say, well, well, Jesus died for our sins. My dear fellow, if that's all you've got, no wonder you're so miserable. Jesus died for our sins. Have you heard? He resurrected the third day. That's why his death makes sense. And 40 days later, he ascended. That is, he walked into the other half of the universe carrying a human body with him so that now human is carried into heaven. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to connect us to where he says that where I am there you may be also so the, what Jesus came to do did not end until he gave us the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and on the day of Pentecost you can read it right there in Acts chapter 2 it says the Holy Spirit came there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind the, the idea that's presented there is there was a sound of a great ripping a roaring um, as if the heavens and so the very atmospheric you know, coating around the earth was ripped open what's it uh, do you remember the prophet who prayed back Isaiah where he said oh that you would rend the heavens and come down oh that heaven and earth might come together oh that the separation that sin has effect, effected might might be dismissed and now heaven comes to earth well that happened you see on the day of pentecost i hear some people praying for revival and they pray oh god ran the heavens and i want to tap them on the shoulder and say he did it it's already so the holy spirit is here and he says the holy spirit he he came like a mighty rushing wind and that's a play on words because spirit in the greek and in the hebrew language in the greek pneuma and in the hebrew ruach and and, and both of them they, they mean spirit um but, but it means wind it, it, so so it says when the wind like a mighty rushing wind that word could have been translated as spirit because spirit and wind are the same word it also the same word is breath It's from this word, pneuma, that we get things like pneumonia or anything to do with our breath. Uh, um, And so the wind of God, the breath of God, it it also means, and the best word we can come up with is attitude, that, that is... We say of a person, they've got an attitude. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean that when you get into their presence, you don't even have to hear them speak, uh, get into their presence, there's, there's some invisible force, energy coming out of them that, that is, is a library of words, you know. There's somebody who doesn't like you, and you, they don't have to say anything. There's, there's this attitude Um, So attitude is the energy of the heart that comes out through a million little ways, body language, looks, and attitude. Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Spirit is the attitude of God towards you. The Holy Spirit is the presence of this love we talk about. The Holy Spirit is the giver of all grace that we talk about. He is the energy of the attitude of God toward you. And it says that that Spirit filled the room where they were sitting. So he filled physical space. That is the room where they were sitting. It had four walls and a door and, and seats and, and the Holy Spirit, like, like a great wind, like the breath of God breathing in their face, he filled the place. So they were sitting inside the Spirit. Hmm. And, and then it says that uh, he he appeared like a great flame of fire And again, if you read in the original, it it sounds very much like there there was, as as if there was this mass of fire. Do you remember the burning bush, you see? The presence of God came and filled the bush. And it looked as if the bush was burning, but it wasn't. And then that same presence that looked like flaming fire. Led them through the wilderness. It looked like cloud in the day, but at night it shone with flame—the fire of God's love, the passion of God toward us. Now appeared in that room, and and, and then it says that the, the, the this great fire split off and sat on top of each person there, and then went inside of them, and so he filled the whole place, and then filled them individually and at that moment the new creation exploded into the earth at that moment the church as the New Testament understands church came into being which is the company of persons who are thus filled with the Holy Spirit who walk in the Spirit whose lives are Defined by the spirit and, and where we were last week in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16 uh, talking about love but in those chapters Jesus said that he, he's leaving remember what I said uh, John chapter 14, 15, 16 they are gospel they are new creation new covenant 101 Please understand that. People say that's deeper life. That's rubbish. Deeper life, good grief. Jesus said to the disciples, I have so much that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. You, you, you couldn't understand it. Your brains wouldn't hold it. When the Holy Spirit is come, He will teach you all things. But right now, He said, I'm giving you the very basics. Okay. Gospel 101. Being a Christian, 101, love one another as I have loved you, and the Holy Spirit is coming. And that which is ahead, which is too big for me to tell you the details, said Jesus, but this is it. When that happens, it will be defined by the presence of the Holy Spirit And by you loving one another as I have loved you. That's the new creation. That's gospel. That's what I've come to do. Well, that happened on the day of Pentecost. That's when the church came into being. That's when you could say Christianity happened. Though I hesitate. That word has so lost its meaning. But... Um, the Holy Spirit has come just as Jesus said he would and, and he's now opening up and he's revealing and he's connecting us to the love of God and pouring that love into us like the passionate fire that love is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals the Father to us. He reveals Jesus to us. But he does so what can I say, anonymously that's where people get confused I think somewhat with the Holy Spirit he's anonymous I once called the Holy Spirit the shy member of the Holy Trinity and that might be a bit off um, for words but it's it's in fact because he's always hiding He, he never comes out in your face he, he he's working secretly um, let me put it like this we know who the Father is because Jesus came and revealed to us the Father and, and, and said if you've seen me you've seen the Father and the Holy Spirit's main work is to reveal Jesus so Jesus reveals the Father. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus. Who reveals and gives definition to the Holy Spirit? No. The Holy Spirit... has He, he doesn't have that. The Holy Spirit prefers to work in secret. I say anonymously... Um, See, the Holy Spirit's been in your life <laughs> so way back there when you didn't know there was a God let alone that He was revealed in Jesus the Holy Spirit was working with you there working with you in, in ways that it will take forever to see the wisdom of God in your life the little decisions made long before you ever heard the gospel but it led you the Holy Spirit was leading you to Jesus before you ever knew there was a Jesus to be led to and it's the Holy Spirit that opened your eyes to take in the gospel and then when you called upon the name of Jesus It was the Holy Spirit that came and took up residence within you. Though I'd say 80 to 90% of believers don't realize that. In fact, gazillion people will say they received Jesus. Well, that's not exactly true if you want to be technical. And I do tonight. I want to be technical. It's very important. Uh, You trusted Jesus. You, 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 you believed upon Jesus, but the Holy Spirit was the one that came into you and actualized that, opened your eyes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, hidden deep within you, became your voice. And it says the Spirit bears witness within us. The Holy Spirit says within us, Abba, Father, Daddy... And it says no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. But you didn't know that. When you said Jesus is Lord, you didn't know the Holy Spirit was within you, giving you that inner voice to say it outwardly. And when you said God is my father, I'm a son, a child of God, you didn't know that was the Holy Spirit saying that in your spirit. He was hiding inside of you, connecting you, with reality, that's the Holy Spirit but he went for years in some people's lives they didn't even know he was there and gave credence to many things and and said it was, I don't know what they said it was but they didn't realize it was the Holy Spirit Um, and he is the source of all gifts and all graces And, and he releases them into us as our hearts are open to receive so, the Holy Spirit is within my very desires, and He's inside and the author of my thirsting after God. He is the one that is the inspirer of my praying, so that from our deepest self we find a burden to pray. From our deepest self we have a longing for God or a desire to go in this direction or that. You you realize, you see, what I mean by hiding because either we think that's us thinking that or we get all confused and we don't know where it comes from. The fact is the Holy Spirit is so entwined with us. He's so woven together with us that he shares his desires. He shares the desires and the mind of Jesus with us. And I think his thoughts and I desire his desires and I find his enabling and strengthening and direction in prayer. You know, Jesus said, Um, that you might have life and have it more abundantly well, you see, that's the Holy Spirit He is the life more abundantly the Holy Spirit is always uh, the overflowing He's always, always, He's never confined He's always overflowing when I was in Africa at one time the natives um, gave me a little thing they wrote um, and they wrote it in the, what we call in Africa, pigeon English. It's, it's English, but it's unique. <laughs> and and, and they, they wrote there, We love you plenty too much. And, and, well, that's what I'm trying to... The Holy Spirit is always plenty too much. The Holy Spirit never fills the coffee cup. He always spills it over into the saucer. It's always life and life more abundant and in fact in the greek language sometimes it means super abundant uh what was the other one in Ephesians 3 where it said to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that's the spirit who works in us so whenever i'm dealing with the holy spirit i'm dealing with with god too much and and dealing with God who always wants to expand, who always wants to abound, and dealing with God like the artesian well flowing up within, exceeding abundant. When you say, with God, all things are possible, well, the Holy Spirit is the all things are possible. The Holy Spirit is never stuck wondering what to do. The Holy Spirit is, is never getting a headache looking at my life. He, he's, he is God in me. All things are possible. And that's why he always greets you with a smile. He's always excited as to what we're going to do next. There's, that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Who, who is he? Holy, Holy Spirit holy 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 well god is holy and of course religion got a hold of that i don't know how long ago uh, and western religion and boy did they ever twist it they they made holy something so ghastly that i I wouldn't want to know anybody would really want that i mean it's it's a whole list of can't do this can't do that miserable it's, it's steel icy cold God's holy and he hates that and he hates that and he doesn't want that. And I, Okay, okay. What's that other favorite <clears throat> the misquote of scripture from Habakkuk where, where it says, he, your eyes are too holy to look on evil. So I heard an evangelist down in San Antonio just some time ago where he says, God is holy so he's disgusted with you. He can't bear the sight of you good grief, I don't know which God he's talking about, but he's not the one that came to us in Jesus, you see, holy, holy, no, in the Bible, holy, that's the way God is, he is love that is unlike any love that humans have ever come up with, it's a love that would embrace us, it's a love that this is who God is, and therefore it's not a feeling that he has a whimsical idea that's here today and gone tomorrow. He doesn't love you today and then is upset by something you said. Tomorrow, He loves you consistently, the constant. He is his love. love unlike and beyond all created. Huh. That's holy. So that, that, that's that's holy um, it, it's well okay, let me put it like this What's the holy spirit like? Well Galatians five twenty two says the fruit of the Spirit So then the fruit of the Spirit this is what the Spirit is like You know it, don't you? of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. why is it people always look at that as a sort of description of our life? It is, but it begins with the Spirit. This is the way the Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, well, as I've said, He is love. He is love. The Holy Spirit is joy. That is His mark. Wherever the Holy Spirit is seen in Scripture, there, within two or three words, you'll find joy. And you might even find the word rejoice, which, of course, that's that radical word that means to leap in the air, spin around, turn cartwheels. I mean, yes, it's a very physical, and that describes the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, is the most joyous person in and beyond the universe. The Holy Spirit is the origin of laughter. The Holy Spirit. Rejoice with me, said Jesus. Well, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And that, that, whenever you see the face of the Holy Spirit... he's laughing and it's not just laughter, it's the laughter of triumph it's the laughter of knowing that we've got this all wrapped up fear not that's the Holy Spirit, peace and that peace when when it would be compared to anything we know it says that passes human comprehension it's peace, it's harmony and it's got nothing to do with what's happening to you it transcends the happening and it brings perfect peace well that's the Holy Spirit and what I'm saying now that's who he is wherever the Holy Spirit is there is harmony there is peace disharmony and chaos cannot exist in the presence of this spirit patience oh dear that's another word that we've destroyed with religion you know, grit your teeth, hang in there you've got to be patient and then people say things like I'd never pray for patience meaning it's going, going to be a difficult time no patience it means I so love life that I can endure through all things because life is giving myself to others it is self for others and therefore I am not trapped as a victim in seeing myself I can't have my own way and I can't because that's self for myself. That will always imprison you. But the zest for life that endures and endures is because I find every situation the opportunity to be a self for others. That's the Holy Spirit. He's always so excited concerning life. I pictured him sometimes as sitting by my bed waiting for me to wake up because we've got so much to do today. Do in terms of dancing with the Father and the Son and expressing this glorious life of love in every situation I find myself in. He is kindness and gentleness. The Holy Spirit is never harsh. Even when we've done wrong, the Holy Spirit is so gentle in pointing it out. He's never the accuser. He's never the condemner. That's always the satanic voice. He is goodness. He's faithfulness. He's loyal. He'll never let you down. Well, I could go on. But, but I, I, I want to pursue this just a little bit more because, you see, He is love. The Holy Spirit is love. He doesn't have it. He, he is the presence of love. He's the presence of the Father and the Son. He is love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, you know that too. But it, it said, love is patient. But I've just talked about this passion for life. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. He's not arrogant. The Holy Spirit, I said, He's always he's in the background and He's pushing forward. He's revealing the Father and Jesus and He's also empowering you to the point where we're empowered and sometimes we forget where that comes from. He's not rude. Isn't no, that fantastic? Holy Spirit is... The limitless gentleman. is never rude. Never makes you do stupid things. He never seeks his own. He's not provoked. Don't be afraid of the spirit. As if he's going to get mad at you. He's not like you Not like us. He doesn't take into account doesn't remember sins he's always bringing to us forgiveness release it's the holy spirit it's who he is holy holy that's what i'm talking about holy that's what holy means all of that it's the holy spirit the holy spirit He's the actual presence of the ascended jesus in my life, in my very innermost being, and in that ascended Jesus through the Spirit, we meet the Father. You see, I'm constantly caught up in this life in Holy Trinity. He's Holy Spirit. And could I quickly say, He's not ghost. That, that is one of the greatest tragedies of Bible translation. Uh, that There are people, And I'm talking about probably multitudes in the Western world who literally, and I say it very carefully, worship a book. They worship specifically the King James Version of the Bible that was translated in 1600 plus. And we don't speak that language anymore. I am English. I'm as British as British. I don't talk the way that King James talks. Half the words there that are important words mean something else today. And I won't go into the details, but it's an old translation. And yet people still say Holy Ghost. Well, in 1611, ghost meant what I'm saying spirit means. But today makes... It makes the Holy Spirit something connected with Halloween. Please, would you forever get rid of that Holy Ghost? And some of you, my Pentecostal brothers and sisters, get rid of that. Because that's Old English that has offended and separated you off from thousands of persons who you could have brought into a relationship with the Spirit. Spirit, I've already said Spirit. Numa, Ruach, it means breath. The very ha oh, of God Himself, the outflow of the love of God that comes around you and embraces you, the oh, life. Remember that? As far back as the Garden of Eden, Adam was formed from the mud of the ground, and then it says that it breathed into him the breath of oh, life. It became a living soul. That's the Holy Spirit, the breath. Everything that makes abundant life is the Holy Spirit. Wind, as I said a moment ago, the wind, that's the meaning of the word spirit, wind. And that wind could be a gentle breeze that you hardly recognize. That gentle breeze on your cheek in the heat of a Texas summer. It could also be a hurricane as long as you remember the breeze and the hurricane are love the Holy Spirit can come in so gently when it's needed to comfort and to strengthen can also come and change a life overnight love like a hurricane can move through a life, a church, a family, a nation oh yes wind, when you say you're talking about you know, energy in motion. You're you're talking about now, then you're talking about love as energy, love in motion, love doing, love acting, love transforming. God in motion. And when God's in motion, He creates, He heals, He does. Uh, And notice, although it's not really in the word spirit but the same idea is brought out uh, by the many references in scripture to the Holy Spirit as sort of water. Have you noticed how many times I have said tonight um, but it's also right there in scripture in many places or s- similar word the, the Holy Spirit poured out. Well, yeah, that That's like water poured out and, and so another picture of the Holy Spirit as the movement of the energy and water has tremendous energy And, and so it speaks of rivers of living water and then goes right on immediately to say this he spoke of the Spirit so that out of me the Holy Spirit like a flowing river of love energy to make application bring that love into broken lives and make them whole what does it say I will pour water on him that is thirsty floods upon the dry ground I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh the Holy Spirit is noted in Ezekiel 47 that's a whole hour by itself but but speaking and I'll just cut to the chase that speaking of the Holy Spirit as like a river and it's a river that ever expands because the Holy Spirit is always seeking to expand. The Holy Spirit is never just—you huh, know how it is. Back forty years ago, you remember when? Well, yes, you—you can do that, I suppose, if you're into scrapbooks. But the Holy Spirit is as this moment seeking to expand in your life and bring you where you've never been before while we want to camp out where we've always been oh, the holy spirit is a river says ezekiel 47 that, that begins shallow and gets deeper and deeper and wider and wider And and it says until there's river waters to swim in. But it says, and this is the point, wherever that river touched, as that river was moving forward, wherever the river touched there, all that was death and swampland and the stench uh, of death was healed and trees jumped into being and verdant pasture. That's the Holy Spirit jolly good illustration I would say the energy of Holy Spirit it's love in all love's faces moving touching transforming Holy Spirit applying and as I've also said spirit can, can mean attitude that going forth of energy, personal energy that communicates a person's heart and thoughts well that's what the Holy Spirit does That's, that's why where the Holy Spirit is given room to do all that he wills to do there one actually knows the mind of Christ there the very thoughts of God become our thoughts there the very will and ways and purpose and intents of God we become part of what he's doing Holy Spirit that the attitude that the Holy Spirit exudes shall I say is hope the Holy Spirit is the true optimist. That is, he is not um, the one who just keeps on saying, Well, cheer up, it will all be all right. No. Holy Spirit's a realist and he knows what's happening. But he is limitless hope or limitless expectancy of the finality of what Jesus has done and the plans of the Father. And therefore, his optimism is rooted in reality. And he can't be put off. The Holy Spirit never looks upset. The Holy Spirit is never despaired. The Holy Spirit is never depressed. The Holy Spirit dances in life at the most odd times. And as I said, he is joy. I mean, can, can you begin to realize who this person is that has come to live inside of you? The person who said he'd never leave you, who is with you in all things, who, who is, is rejoicing? I, I was on my way to Tel Aviv in Israel at one time, from JFK in, in New York and I was going El Al, the Israeli airline, and the lounge was filled with um, New York Jewish people on their way to Jerusalem, and among them a number of rabbis, and you know, some with their curly and long uncut beards, and, and we were all sitting there, and suddenly, as if by some unheard signal, about five of them jumped up, linked arms, and began dancing. I mean, these are old fellows, but they were leaping and dancing in this circle. That—that's true rejoicing, and they were dancing because they were going to Jerusalem. Um, and, and as I saw them, I, I thought of what I'm saying now—that I am one with the Holy Spirit, who is liable in the midst of the darkest day to leap for joy and declare the finished work of Jesus and the triumph of love upon all my life. It's no wonder that the prophets of the Old Testament, as they looked forward to the day in which we now live, they prophesied it as the new covenant of the Spirit. And so, Ezekiel 36 says, I will put my spirit within you. See, in the Old Testament, the spirit was there, but he came upon people to do special work. But the prophet said, The day is coming when he'll come on the inside of you. And from inside of you, he will bring heaven to earth and he will fashion you from the inside and cause you to walk in the ways of God Joel Till of course said in that day I pour out my spirit upon all flesh not just one here and one there but all shall know this Holy Spirit and of course Jesus introduced us to the Holy Spirit in, in the realist sense though as I say he's been there since the beginning but In the Incarnation, when God the Son became human, became flesh, how did that beyond miracle happen? The angel Gabriel said to the Virgin Mary, that the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the Holy Spirit, overshadowing her, would bring forth a child in her womb, human sharing her flesh and yet that child would be none other than God the Son but it was the miracle that I say is beyond miracle it's, it's more than a miracle it's the incarnation when God becomes human that was achieved by the Holy Spirit and it says that in the womb of mary the holy spirit fashioned the body of jesus huh. and and the holy spirit was there from from uh, this baby that comes from the birth canal of the virgin the baby was led by the spirit the spirit of the lord in him and and, and right through Childhood, boyhood, teenage. In his 20s the Holy Spirit is his mentor. The Holy Spirit is fashioning him. And at his baptism the Holy Spirit came upon this God-man Jesus. And from that time forward is the Jesus that we know in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in a fullness that had never been known to a human before and out of that Jesus achieved all that he did I want you to note that Jesus did nothing out from his being God the Son What? what, how can I put this the great act that he did as God the Son was to assume our humanness and limit himself to our human even limit himself to age appropriate and do nothing outside of human all he did was because the Holy Spirit came upon him and filled him and that's how he the human did what he did I know some of you will be very upset by that because you believe that the miracles of Jesus prove that Jesus was the son of God well see Jesus said to the disciples to us the works that I do you shall do also and greater works than these shall you do so how does that fit If if Jesus did his works to prove he was the unique son of God, then how come he said we would do the same? No, Jesus did everything that he did. The miracles of healing and the other miracles he did of supply, he did because the Holy Spirit came upon him in his genuine humanity and empowered him as human had never known before. And so, it says, and I think it says pretty plainly, um, in Luke chapter 4, which is right after the Holy Spirit came on him at the River Jordan, and now it says that he went back to Nazareth, and he took the prophet Isaiah, and he says in verse 18 of Luke 4, he's quoting from Isaiah, and he says, The Spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor proclaim release to the captives recovering of sight to the blind set those at liberty who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the lord jesus that's the whole of the gospel that's what jesus did he says, "The only reason I can do it is because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me." The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has joined the human race through Jesus. And then, in in the Acts of the Apostles, when when Peter is um, telling Cornelius concerning Jesus, he says, "Jesus of Nazareth," and he says how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit who then went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. But he said it was that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, wasn't he in Matthew 12, when they questioned him about casting devils out of people, he said that he cast out demons by the Spirit of God. And when he healed people, the scripture says, and power, Holy Spirit power, went out of him and healed them. And remember, Jesus is revealing the love of God in In forgiving people. In bringing us this incredible new life. In healing the sick. In casting out. All that was the action of love in motion. And he says he did it all through the Holy Spirit. And now he comes to you and I. And he declares that what he has done is join us to him. And that joining is the Holy Spirit joining us. And he says now... You love as I have loved you. Now you go and do the same works of love that I have done. Because the same Holy Spirit has been given to you. Do you get this? Do you get it? The same Holy Spirit that came came into the human race through Jesus is now poured out upon all flesh, poured out into your heart. This is the same Jesus. There's not two Holy Spirits. Look, John the Baptist defined what Jesus came to do. And everybody knows that John the Baptist said that Jesus was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Yes. Amen. But John also said that this Lamb of God would not only take away the sins of the world, but said John the Baptist, he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptize you. And I'll, I'll not get into what all the various parts of the body of Christ say that means. I'm simply saying that Jesus said he would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. And that word baptize is a Greek word. The Greek word is baptizo. We just didn't translate it we made up a new English word. But the word baptizo means, well, they used it to describe a ship that sunk. So a ship on the bottom of the ocean floor, that is, it's in the ocean and the ocean is in it. And they said in the days of the New Testament, the ship was baptized. Baptized means that the water's in you and you're in the water. It was used to describe a sponge that now is so full of water to touch the water comes out. It was also described for dyeing a garment. So it was a white robe and now you've turned it brown. That is, every fiber of the garment has gone into the dye. The dye is in the garment. You get it? Jesus said his work was not only to take away sin and deal with sin so that sin is no longer the issue but he has come to plunge us into the world of the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit filled the room where they were sitting and the Holy Spirit filled them that they, they would be died. In the color of the spirit. And the spirit is love. The spirit would bring about this. Incredible. This is what it is to be born again. Born again isn't that you're sort of going to heaven when you die. P.S. that is true. But. eh, That's not the gospel. The gospel is now. As I said the Holy Spirit is that point in time. Where I connect with heaven, the heart of the Holy Trinity right now. So we live our lives, uh, we go to our PTA meeting, we we drive through a rush hour, we work in our factory, we do our business in the office, all down there in the middle of the Holy Spirit who's in us and he's our world. And therefore, everything we do and everything we say, we, we're doing it in and through the reality of who the Holy Spirit is, which is, in a word, love. So we become lovers even as God is love. And we become lovers up to our earlobes in the most ordinary daily grind of life. And we imprint heaven love into every movement of human existence. Because the Holy Spirit who is love. Is within us. And I'm halfway through. What I plan to say. So it will have to wait till next week. May you. Open your heart. To the Holy Spirit. Who is totally with you. In you. This dynamic. Exciting. Rejoicing. Holy Spirit. Spirit who can't wait to have a dynamic minute-by-minute relationship with you. He's there. He is. Open your whole being and let him be who he is. Another blessing of God, who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, that blessing, Holy Spirit be, for he is in you. Upon you, through you, that your life may be in the midst of all situation, all darkness and pressure, that you may be the peace of God and the joy of the Lord and the passionate love of the Holy Spirit. So I bless you, and that is the way it is.